0: So, all right. I want to know, can any of you guys do impressions? Is there anyone here that has a good impression? Oh, here. Greetings, Earthling. Where is the Illudium P-36 explosive space modulator? <laughs> That's great. Dang. Anybody else? Daniel? <laughs> <laughs> Who was that? Arnold. Oh. <laughs> That's awesome. Get to the choppa. Anybody else? Any other? Oh, come on. I need more adults too. It's me, Mario. Dang good. Awesome. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, gorge. <laughs> Anybody else? Come on. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, uh, let's, let's not blow this out of proportion. You, you want to know how I got these scars? That's pretty good. Anybody else? Any other impressions? All right, I got one more. Who 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 wants one? Josh Ballard. Hey, I'll pick on my son. No worries. Thanks. Uh, it's a family trade, apparently. Uh, all right. Thank you, guys. So it's kind of fun, you know, because. Voices are are they're unique, right? They're memorable. We remember voices. We remember voices from favorite movies, some of our favorite actors, singers. Voices are unique, and they mean something to us, right? They, they spark emotion. They bring out the best in us. They bring out the worst in us. They, 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 they can inspire, and they can also break us down. And it's amazing if we think about voices and we think about things that are spoken to us. You know, I think of, uh, we can all relate to this. Hey, great job. That was a good report that you put out. I remember teachers teacher saying that. Or, hey, you know what? You did awesome in church today. You don't have to say that to me after this, okay? But you can if you want. Um, but you did a really good job singing. You have a great voice. And maybe some of us have heard, hey, good job in the football game. Great job. I, what you did that day was awesome. I believe in you. We've also maybe have, have have had voices. I've had these in my past. What were you thinking? Are you an idiot? <laughs> Everybody's agreeing. Yes, I've said that to you, James. Um, <laughs> but we've had things said, said to us, you know, you did okay in the game, but I mean, you could have tried a little hard. You could have hustled. You might have, you might have uh, been able to win the game if you just hustled a little bit more. We've had things spoken over us like ugly or you're not pretty enough. And then we start to believe these things, right? We believe what people say about us. If, hey, I did a good job singing, I believe. Hey, I did a good job singing. But we start to believe maybe, maybe I'm not good enough. Maybe I, maybe I can't. Do, the thing that I'm dreaming of because I'm starting to believe the voices. So I kind of want us to, to tune in. If we're going to kind of flesh this out, but I want us to tune in. If you have a Bible, turn to Luke 7, verse 36 and following. Let me paint the picture, okay? I went to seminary, but that doesn't mean I'm smart, okay? I only learned one thing, okay? A text without a context is a pretext for whatever you want it to mean. Let me repeat it. A text without a context is a pretext for whatever you want it to mean. If you can take that with you for the rest of your lives, and that's anything you can get out of this message, praise God. Because we need to understand not just a verse in Scripture, but we need to understand what's happening around it. What is God trying to say to us? What's happening in the story? So we have Jesus, he's partway through his ministry and he's taught, he's preached, he's had a dinner with certain people. And there are a couple of situations and times where the Pharisees who are these religious teachers have noticed, they asked him in chapter five, hey, um, why are you hanging out with tax collectors and sinners? First of all, I don't know why you differentiate between tax collectors and sinners. Maybe it's because it's tax season coming up and maybe we can all relate to that, maybe the IRS and everything. Maybe that's why it's a different sort of hell that they're going to, that they're tax collectors, okay? Um, But Jesus, you've been hanging out with tax collectors and sinners. And right before this passage we're about to read, Jesus is talking with his disciples and with the Pharisees they're listening in And Jesus is making a comment. He said, you know, I've heard what you've been saying about me. You say the son of man is a drunkard and a glutton. And that he spends too much time hanging out with tax collectors and sinners. So here's the spotlight. Jesus, this teacher, this rabbi, who in all uh, respective purposes, rabbis at that time would distance themselves because they wanted to be holy and pure. They would distance themselves from those people. So Jesus is turning the world upside down. And he's going there. He's hanging out with the tax collectors and sinners. So this is kind of the, the, the context of what we're about to read. Chapter 7, verse 36. And one of the Pharisees, after Jesus has made this statement about who they say he is, who he says is being a drunkard and a a friend of collectors and sinners. One of the Pharisees asked Jesus to have dinner with him. So Jesus went to his home and sat down to eat. When a certain immoral woman from the city heard he was eating there, she brought a beautiful alabaster jar filled with expensive perfume. And then she knelt down behind at his feet, weeping. Her tears fell on his feet and she wiped them off with her hair. And then she kept kissing his feet and putting perfume on them. And when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would know what kind of woman is touching him. She's a sinner. There are voices. We have voices all around us. This woman had a reputation, right? She was an, an immoral woman from the city. Now I don't say who it was, there's speculation could have been Mary Magdalene, it really doesn't matter. But here's this woman with a reputation about herself has come into the home of a Pharisee. And remember Pharisees separate themselves, especially Pharisees, they have a statement for all you Asbarians out there, their statement was holiness unto the Lord. Sound familiar? Yeah? Holiness unto the Lord. Separate yourself from the sin. So they had this high standard of holiness. So here in the Pharisee's home, this woman comes. I guarantee you, he's already made it clear what he feels about her. Maybe through word, through deed, through behavior, through just a slight look, a glance and her direction. I guarantee you there have been religious people, Pharisees, other Jews that have looked down upon her. And she has this, this decision to make, right? Jesus, friend of tax collectors and sinners, has more than likely spent time with her or she is seen from a distance. She's been at one of these parties and heard this rabbi who would typically would not set foot in her vicinity and carry on a conversation. But we know this is the character of Jesus because think about the Samaritan woman at the well. Think about Mary Magdalene. Think about all the different women that we've heard about throughout Jesus. Jesus has turned the world upside down. And she's heard the voices telling her, you're this, you're a sinner. But Jesus has a different message. And we're going to see what that is. But Jesus has this different message of, of repentance and that there's love, there's hope. And so here we have, we set the stage. This woman has to fight the voices that she's heard for a good long while to set foot into this Pharisee's home. And I would even... Beg to make the suggestion. You know, the voices that we hear, right, from outside, they definitely affect us. But I would even say that she had voices within. Because we start to internalize those voices, don't we? Maybe you failed at a job a while ago. I can relate to this. Maybe you failed. And it sits with you. You regret decisions maybe you made. And the reality is, is that it affects your decisions. Maybe I'm not good enough. Maybe I can't do that anymore. Maybe it's a broken relationship that, that you had with a family member, or a sister, a brother. Things were said, arguments made, and it sits with you. And every time you think about it, it's like chains around your heart. We internalize these things. We think about these things. and They become prisons. And so here we have this woman who is dealing not only with voices from the Pharisee, but I guarantee she's dealing with voices within. And she's saying, oh, if I do this, I know what they're going to say, but I can't not go. Jesus has shown me something different. And so what has she done? She's taken this alabaster jar filled with perfume. I Kind of let, give you a little bit of, there are different commentaries about what perfume costs, but think about your year's wage. And that's what that perfume costs. Middle, middle age, <laughs> I'm talking about myself. Middle class wage. Um, you go in and this is your year's earning. This is something valuable, something precious. And Jesus is sitting at the table, and the way they sat, it was a low table, reclined, his feet out to the side of him. They were much flexible back then. I can't do that. I would be, probably fall over. Um, and so here he is, he's sitting at the table. And out of response to who Jesus is, she kneels at his feet, weeping, washing his feet, wiping with her hair. And I will tell you, back then, and even today, Sorry, Rochelle, I love your hair. A woman's hair is, back then was her beauty. It was what she'd used to attract men. And so she used her hair to wipe his feet and anoint them with oil. See, so when we are willing to stop and say the voices that have affected me so long, that are tearing me down, they're holding me back, and some lifting me up. But we're willing to say, enough. There's one voice, there's one voice that speaks hope. There's one voice that, brings, that can bring peace, that could break the chains that we have, it's Jesus. And when she says, you know, no more, I am not gonna stop. I'm not perfect. The voice of perfection is a lie. You're never gonna be perfect. Religion is perfection. That's why the Pharisees failed to see who Jesus was. Jesus is about progress. And you gotta get into this. It's not about everything that you do. It's about who you are in him and who he is to you. And that is love and that is response. She's not perfect, but her response is perfect. And the fact that she humbled herself and she gave everything that she could have to this person has brought hope. So, voices. We hear them, right? We got voices all around us in our culture, in our magazines. We talked about some of the voices, some of the lies our culture tells us about sex, right? We got voices telling us how to be and who to be. But the reality is, is that Jesus has something to say who we are and who we need to be. So let's keep reading. This is important. So remember, she's a sinner. This is the Pharisee. And then in verse 40, Jesus answered his thoughts. And you got to think the Pharisee at this point in time is like, whoa, 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 whoa. He heard what I thought. What This guy. Have you ever had that moment? You're thinking something and someone just comes right in. I'm just going to tell you that sometimes that's the Holy Spirit. Okay? You have this thought going on and God just comes through and just rocks your world. You're know, like, Oh. God does it all the time. Sometimes it's a two by four for me. But, but Jesus answered his thoughts. He said, Simon, he said to the Pharisee, I have something to say to you. Go ahead, teacher, Simon replied. And then Jesus told him the story. A man loaned money to two people, 500 pieces of silver to one and 50 pieces to the other. But neither of them could repay him. So he kindly forgave them both canceling their debts. Who do you suppose loved him more after that? Simon answered, I suppose the one for whom he canceled the larger debt. That's right, Jesus said. And then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, look at this woman kneeling here. When I entered your home, you didn't offer me water to wash the dust from my feet, but she has washed them with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You didn't greet me with a kiss, but from the time I first came in, she has not stopped kissing my feet. You neglected the courtesy of olive oil to anoint my head, but she has anointed my feet with rare perfume. I tell you, her sins, and they are many, had been forgiven. So she has shown me much love, but a person who has forgiven little shows only little love. And then Jesus said to the woman, your sins are forgiven. And the men at the table said among themselves, who is this man that he goes around forgiving sins? And Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. I'm not going to uh, preach too much longer, but I, I, I do want to say something about, about voices. And I think we fall prey to that too often in this, in this culture. Um, and... I think that one I would I would say to you is that the voices of our past, of regrets, of fear, of hurt, of anger, whatever it may be, those are prisons. Those are chains. Some of us have been walking with Jesus and have been holding on to those chains for such a long time, have not experienced true freedom. Let me just say this, that you want to experience freedom from the voices. It comes in a couple different things. First, look what the woman did. Come hell or high water, she said, I'm going there, and I'm going to kneel at the feet of Jesus. It starts with Jesus. And I know Sunday school, right? But it starts there, saying Jesus and being honest. I am dealing with X. X. I can't forgive my father for what he did to me so many years ago, what he said to me. I can't go on living like this, humbling yourself before Jesus. But I will say a second thing, and this is going to hurt because in the body of believers, we stink at this church. In James, it says, confess your sins, not only to God, but to one another. We need each other. We need the community to come around. And the problem with America is we think that we have to pull ourselves up by the bootstraps and we can't look weak. Humility, kneeling before Jesus and, before, and saying, I struggle with pornography or I struggle with uh, sexual addiction or I struggle with anger or codependency or any of these other things. I'm struggling in my marriage The problem we we have to understand is that freedom doesn't happen unless it comes with saying, screw it. I'm done. I'm done fighting this alone. I'm going to kneel. I'm going to give this to Jesus. If you haven't given your all to Jesus, I'm going to give my all to Jesus. And I'm going to start, and I'm going to be real. And I'm going to break this wide open, and it's going to hurt like none other. It's going to open up wounds. But let me just say this. Freedom comes at a price. And it's not just the blood of the cross. It's humility. It's owning up to where you are. And the good thing is, Jesus is not religion right? He's not expecting perfection. Chris, you don't have to be perfect. Praise the Lord. I know. He's expecting you. It's directional, pointing to Jesus. And I like to call it falling forward, because guess what? There are going to be times you're going to slip up. There are going to be times that you mess up, but it's coming in with humility and saying, here's where I am. And if you are struggling with the voices can, can I just encourage you? If it's not within this body of believers, um, there are some really good groups out there. Um, and I would be happy to go with you because I, I go to the mat um, at Quest Community Church on Thursday nights. And they have groups for codependency, they have groups for fathered by God, they have groups about sexual integrity. Women, if you struggle with, are you beautiful? They have beauty from ashes. They have food. They have all these different things. Because the reality is, I found that it's in community when I can text a group of guys where I'm at and what I'm dealing with, that freedom happens, that hope happens. Don't let the voices keep you in prison any longer. Because you know what Jesus says? Because you love much, because you humbled yourself much, not what you've done, not who you are because he said your sins are many. The reality is is that it doesn't matter. She didn't listen to the voices and her sins are forgiven. Freedom's possible. It's a, it's a road, and we walk it, but we walk it together. So as we're talking about sex, You know, there are a lot of things that we're dealing with, but my message is not necessarily pertain to sex because I believe that the voices are what trigger going down certain roads. Maybe it's, I don't, I feel inadequate. So maybe I eat a little bit. (laughs) Maybe it's some men in this room or all nationwide who feel inadequate so they look at Pornography or go to Ashley Madison. So, this is real. This is real stuff that we're talking about, this this series. So I just wanna let you know who Jesus is. I want you to know who Jesus is. As we talk about this stuff, Jesus is loving, he's compassionate, and he is king. And he calls what he's done on the cross, makes you a son of God, a daughter of God. And what he said over Jesus, you're my son in whom I'm well pleased. He says that over each and every one of us. That is the voice we should listen to. The one that calls you beloved. Let's pray. Jesus, we just wanna stop and say, King of kings, lover of our souls, have your way in us. We love you. We praise you. And we are grateful for the freedom that you can bring. Not because of anything we've done, but because of your love, your character, your grace. The prison can be open wide. The chains can be cut. Freedom is possible. Holy Spirit, move. Help us to hear your voice, to know your call. We give you praise in your name, in Jesus' name.